and welcome to the Over 40 Pivot, and I'm your host, Cameo Holt. This podcast is focused on helping women over 40 through all the new challenges, or what I like to call the pivot, that we face in this new season of life. This community is a place where we can come and share our stories and just be plain old supported. The Over 40 Pivot offers motivation and strategic lessons on how to embrace your pivot season and confidently get to the next level in your life and business. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Um, Just at the thought of me having to record this episode, I have been like anxious. I I don't know why, but um, so let me just get to it. If you've been listening to my prior episodes, I started this podcast off with documenting um, what was going on with my mother. Uh, she had fell ill March of this year, and I was doing it as a documentation of everything that I was going through, um, her progress, all those types of things. Um, as you may know, <laughs> since... I last spoke to you in April. Um, my mom passed away on June 19th. Um, Juneteenth, she was freed. And she is no longer here on earth. But I always feel her spirit. But that is ultimately <laughs> what is going on with that. Hence why it's been so long since I have got in front of a mic or tried to do anything. It's like I've just been in this place of like stagnation. Like, I I don't know. Um, I guess it's grief. Uh, I just haven't been able to do much of anything and haven't been able to enjoy much of anything going on um, in my life and family. But I'm just trying to get through. So what I decided to do, what me and my daughter decided to do is I have a 21-day challenge for myself. (laughs) Nobody, just me and her. And I was just telling her if I could just get through my day-to-day routine that I have mapped out for myself and what goes on in my business, I think I would feel a little better about myself and everything that I'm going through. So... She suggested that I do the 21-day challenge. Of course, 21 days, it should become a habit and everything should be easier. So with all that being said, this is the first day, (laughs) again, that I'm getting in front of the mic. So I don't exactly know where I left off with my mom, but um, in April, she was still in ICU. She was improving, doing better. Um, It was to the point where they moved her to a regular floor. And from the regular floor, um, let me just say this, she suffered an aneurysm and triple strokes and they said that she would never be able to communicate again. So she progressed, she got off the breathing machine, they said she would never be able to do that, she did that and she was breathing alone, no more on a ventilation. So that's when they moved her out of ICU into a main floor. So she couldn't be on the main floor for a long period of time. She would have to go to long-term care. 
So while she was on the main floor, of course, I'm there every single day visiting. And I can remember one day where I kept having to explain to her because she would have to go to a nursing home. They didn't approve her to go to long-term care because they say she wasn't responsive. So she would have to go to a nursing home, something that she never wanted. Um, And I always said that she would come to be with me. She wouldn't have to go to a nursing home. But um, that wasn't the case. They didn't approve her to come home to me and they didn't approve her for long-term rehabilitative care. So I remember this specific day I was trying to explain to her and tell her how much I love her. And I just kept looking in her eyes. Sorry. And telling her over and over and over again, I love you. I love you. I love you. And I just kept looking at her. And I said, I just want you to understand that I'm not giving up on you. And I would never send you to a nursing home. But they won't let you come home to me. So, as I was saying that, my mother looked in my eyes and she mouthed the words, I love you. And I looked at her and I was like, I love you. And she mouthed the words, I love you to me again. So, that helped me know that she understood me and she was making progress, progress that they said she wouldn't make. But I still didn't give up. And I still continue to pray every single day. So after I was just so in awe, I called my girls, tried to get them on FaceTime. Of course, she wouldn't say it again so other people could see it. So I guess that was just a moment for me and her. And um, another thing that happened is her favorite song is Grateful. And I played that song. And she was mouthing the word grateful in perfect (laughs) combination with the chorus of the song. And I was just in so much awe. I was happy, but I was sad because I see her progress. And the doctors are like, it doesn't matter if she doesn't respond when we tell her to. So no matter everything that she was fighting for, um, trying to push through. I didn't have the say over my mom that was so hurtful. So I would stay at the hospital for hours, I don't know, eight to 10 hours a day because I was trying to get the last little time in that I could because once she went to the nursing home, I wasn't allowed to visit her um, immediately because they had the COVID restrictions or whatever in place and she would have to quarantine for 14 days, which I didn't understand. Um, so that's how that went. So she was moved to the nursing home. Um, she was there a total of 11 days. I was able to video visit her, which wasn't pleasant at all. Um, because the way they had her propped, she didn't look comfortable. Um, her nails were filthy. It was just, I don't understand how her nails were filthy if she wasn't moving. It was a lot that I had to deal with and pray about. Just see my mom. I couldn't go in the building to see her. Um, I, I never saw her room in person. I, I, I didn't see anything, but I just, all I could do was pray. Um, so... 
I got a call, I think maybe 11 p.m. one evening. I don't even remember the date. And this woman told me my mom had passed away. And I was like, wait a minute. I mean, I want to fast forward to I had spoken to her that day and she looked like she was having trouble breathing on the video. So I called the nurse in to tell her the nurse comes in and said, oh, she's fine. And I just, you know, walk around my house crying, <laughs> you know, trying to be the positive on the on the thing for my mom. Well, later that evening, in the middle of the night is when I got a call saying my mom passed away. She stopped breathing. And I was just like, what? Because first of all, the person that was calling me, I don't know, <laughs> the professionalism in their voice just didn't even sound like it was a a nurse or something. It sounded like maybe my 20 year old child talking to her friend that's how the person was talking to me telling me my mother had passed away and I was just like okay um I got off the phone and I'm trying to think who to call first or what to call I pick up the phone to call my oldest daughter and they were calling me back and they said that she started back breathing and I was just like (laughs) What? So where is she going? I want her out. I want her. We're sending her in the ambulance back to, you know, her main hospital. So I'll meet you there. I was at the main hospital when they first got her there. So we, me and my daughter walk into the emergency room and my mother is lifeless. Now, mind you, she's had two brain surgeries, three strokes. She spoke to me. She sung her song. She was moving her body. Now she's just lifeless. I remember her eyes were rolled to the back of her head. So I just tried to take them down and close them. But they wouldn't close. And I just kept telling myself. I know my mother is a fighter. And she did whatever she had to do to get out of that place. And we got her back to her main hospital. So they start coming in with all these machines and things. And um, my daughter looked at me and she was like, Grandma's tired. And I said, I know she's tired. So it was a choice of if they they would have to send her back to the nursing home. And I told the doctor, I said, I don't care what you do. She's not going back there. Even if I have to put her in my car and take her to my house without your permission tonight, she's not going back there. So the nurse, the doctor was a a sweet lady and she said, I'm going to do what I have to do. So, of course, um, the only thing they could do was to send her to hospice or send her back to the nursing home. She couldn't stay in the hospital so I don't know what the nurse did um, because they said the hospice floor was always full in the hospital the in-home in-care hospice but when she got it approved and they moved my mother upstairs and they cleaned her up and of course you know hospice care is just um, comfort Um, so I asked them can I bring her home because I've I've heard of in-home hospice I just you know I didn't know a lot about it and they looked at me and they said yeah of course of course you can take her home you want to take her home tomorrow and I was like wait a minute what (laughs) I was in shock because I'd literally been fighting with these people for three weeks to bring my mother home 
But now they were saying they could do it in a matter of hours because I used the word hospice instead of the other word, long-term care, surgeon, you know, it's all these different terms. So anyway, um, I was like, no, I can't take her because I had to clean out her apartment because she had to leave her apartment um, because when she went to the nursing home, that money had to pay for that. It's just, it was just a lot. So I was like, I'm going to empty out her apartment and move all her things. And then, you know, so I had two days to get everything ready to get her room ready in my house and get her here. And she was here. Um, They brought her here. She still um, wasn't really responsive. Her little eyes was to the top of her head. But when I got her here alone, um, I was, I just was, I did everything. Uh, I had to give her her meds. I had to change her when she needed changing. You know, all the things they said I couldn't do, I did them. I did them every single day uh, until she was with me for 19 days before she passed away. Um, As I was saying, the medicine that I was allowed to give was only comfort medicine, uh, pain medicine. It wasn't the medicine that she would have needed to keep going, but... I just try to tell myself I did the best I can with what they gave me. It can only hope that she was proud of everything that I did for her. But again, she passed away on June 19th of this year. (laughs) And as of that time, both my mother and my father are no longer here with me on this earth but forever in my presence and something someone told me was like you're the matriarch of your family now and you know you think a matriarch 85 95 <laughs> it's like I'm 48 years old and I'm all my family has so I have to step up, be present, and be the person they need whenever they need something. Because cause it's just me. <laughs> Which was a hard pill to swallow in itself. So those are the things I'm going through. Trying to get over, not get over. Deal with the loss of my best friend. I literally talk to her every single day. Um and get back into creating content in the business doing what I love helping people doing the things that bring me joy because in a, for a minute I didn't think I deserved to be happy because <laughs> my mother wasn't here to share it with me but I'm learning to push through that and that's about it And I always try to leave every episode with three things that you can do, think about, three things that I think will help. And in this situation, the first thing I would say, um, if you have older family members, mothers, fathers, uncles, aunts, anybody, have some sort of document in place that designates you if you are going to be that person so you can handle their affairs. Because some documents, I don't, I didn't research this, 
some documents are only good when they're alive and some only work when they pass away and you can handle all of those things. So make sure, I know they never like to talk about wheels and all that kind of stuff. Um, every time my mother says she used to try to ride her wheels, she would start crying. I'm like, girl, why? <laughs> Let's get this little stuff in order. But it was always so hard for her to do it. So I know it's harder for other people as well. The number two is to make sure you are on the paperwork of their insurance. Like somebody had as a beneficiary or someone else is listed because when my mother was going through all these things and I had to find her, like if I wanted to have in-home nursing and all the things that I wanted to do for her, I couldn't even talk to the insurance agency because they said my name wasn't anywhere in her documents to allow me to ask them questions, which I knew was not true because my mother had me on everything and it's it was a certain document that they needed with her signing off giving me permission to call and ask questions so if you are that person make sure that you have that document in place in case anything happens to your loved ones and the last thing is if you have a, a loved one that has been put in ICU I know it's overwhelming and I know you're going to be dealing with the day to day and trying to be comfort. And now that it's COVID, only one person is allowed. So you have to go home every day and reiterate everything you've seen to all of the other family members. I just ask that you start researching long term care solutions now. Because I thought I had all the time in the world. I would come in there and say, when does she have to leave? How much more time? What does it look like? And they will always give me those bland answers. Um, it's, we don't know. You have to talk to the doctor. You talk to the doctor, which is a resident. I'm not taking anything away from him. But every day it would seem like it was a different resident. And you have to talk to the counselor to see about her paperwork. It was never a direct answer of how much time I had to find my mother somewhere to go, which was preferably my home with a nurse. So I didn't have enough time to do that. So when they sprung it on me, she has to leave today. I was not ready. So if you have someone in ICU, I want you to be ready and I want you to start researching ASAP. Well, that's pretty much all I have to say in this episode. As always, I thank you all for listening in. I thank you all for supporting me. I apologize for disappearing. I'm trying to come back a little bit at a time. So you may see me on socials. You may hear my podcast. I got a YouTube video idea coming up as well. So I just want to get back to doing what I love and that's creating content to help other people thrive, not only survive, but thrive in their lives. So have an amazing day. Um, I have four guest interviews <laughs> that I actually did back in April. So I'm going to edit those and get them up as well. So it'll be like five total episodes that you will get from me before October is out. As again, have an amazing day and thank you so much for tuning in and I will talk to you same time, hopefully, same place, definitely. Bye. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen in. To get more information on my coaching and design services or to show some love, I love all the love. <laughs> 
Visit CameoHope.com and we'll chat soon.